Hello there and welcome to another episode of the XL Sports Podcast, all about the World Cup. And once again, we are back and we are talking Group G this time. My name is Taz and I'm joined by Jack. Welcome, Jack. Hello. And um, Group G um, is a, a, a one of those groups that I think it could go one of many different ways. It could be an absolute massacre for one team. It could be a very close group. It just depends. We, we've seen so far in the, the tournament that some of the teams have maybe not turned up and done as well as we thought. And others have turned up and absolutely destroyed. But um, hopefully for this one we'll get some entertainment. But Jack, your thoughts on this group first of all before we start going into the teams individually. Um, yeah, um, I think along with Group H, this is probably one of the more difficult groups to fully understand. There's like three teams in there looking at straight away that you could realistically see like topping the group if it goes one way or the other. You do have a clear favourite, but we've had clear favourites in other groups so far that we haven't seen perform up to the level that we expect them of. So it could go that way and it could go the other way, So, but you never know. But that's what we're here to discuss. Exactly, um, but I, I I think you you've absolutely nailed it on the head there. Um, the, this could go one of many different ways, but let's go into the group itself, um, and we will start off with. Um, I think we need to start off with the big gun, don't we? Let's let's go with Brazil first of all. Um, they are still hurting after what was it twenty fourteen the World Cup was there, yeah. Um, yep. Yes, they recovered a little bit in 2018, but they just didn't look like as good a team um, in, in 2018 compared to what they, they could have been in 2014. I think they're they're still hungry in that team. They're, there's a lot of talent, and it looks like a squad that, on paper, should immediately be classed as one of the favourites. But we know that Brazil, you know, since 2000 and probably 2002, realistically, they've always been, you know... A, a, a toothless giant is that fair to say yeah um i do think that's it's very fair to say i think that's spot on actually um you look at the, the great teams of the the 2000s and the early 90s and brazil's always the one that you think about and the amount of quality like and like players that they just seem to produce every single year it's sort of dipped compared to then like you don't really have those world-class standout players that you could stick in any team in the world and it'd instantly be the best player there but there's there's still a few of them knocking about but not as much and not as high as prolific as it used to be but still that yeah it's brazil we're talking about they have to be always up there in, in international tournaments as they always seem to be but more recently not as much and it's going to be interesting to see if they can get back back on that top pedestal and in, in this tournament yeah, I think you're right in the fact that you know they've not got those world class wow players anymore. I mean, obviously you you can't ignore Neymar. Um, I think he's obviously yeah. the, the 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 crown jewel of that team. Um, they've got some good talent in there, but realistically, it feels like that their two best players are actually their two goalkeepers in Allison and Ederson. In my opinion, I might be completely wrong there, but it feels like those two are sort of the the top top tier guys, and then the rest are all actually still quite good, but you do slightly worry about probably most of them at some point. Yeah. Um, like you've got you've got Neymar, obviously, who you mentioned. You've got Vinicius Jr., who who both 
ironically enough, play the, the exact same position in, for their clubs. So it'll be interesting to see how they get around that dynamic. I'm sure there's probably been practice of it on paper and in, in the friendlies leading up, but I haven't really been paying much attention to. But yeah, I think I think the goalkeeper spots like they're one nailed on, like best best in the world status that they have, which is which is quite weird to say because that's not really what you think about with Brazil when you you think of the the best players in the world. It's usually the attackers and the the midfielders and even the defenders to a certain degree. But coming into this one, it's it's them two, Allison and Ederson, that are. I could, you could probably comfortably say maybe other than Thibaut Courtois are the best two goalkeepers in the world at the minute. Yeah, I, I think you're you're spot on there. Um, and we'll touch on that defence quickly as well. Um, I mean, looking at it, if I'm a Brazil fan, that's where I think that they're the weakest, in my opinion. Um, I, I look centre backs. I think they're, they're they're pretty strong. They're pretty depth wise um, in the centre back position. They've obviously got the the aged Thiago Silva who still is able to control games from defence which I think is unbelievable at his age now uh, Marquinhos obviously top level at PSG uh, Edmel Tao who's playing you know, brilliant football at Real Madrid and then uh, same with Bremer who's uh, Juve who he's sort of just become a bit of a rising talent this year I think up until this year a lot of people hadn't really seen a lot of him but this year it's been his year but Outside of that, I worry about those wing back positions. Um, you know, they've they've called Danny Alves, who's, you know, he's now playing. Yes, he's what I think he's down in Brazil. I think he's playing. Um, oh no, he's in Mexico. I think it is. And then you've got Danilo, who is is shaky at best on that right hand side. Um, what what what's your thoughts on that, Carol? Um. Yeah, uh, it's not really much to be said. You got like Danilo and uh, Alexandro, the the Juventus pairing, and they they have been nothing short of mid this season with Juventus as Juventus sort of has been as a whole. So it'll be interesting to see how they come into this this tournament off the back of a very average domestic season so far, as we're only halfway through it, which is not usually what you say coming into the World Cup. Yeah, but here we are. Um, Alex Tellez as well, the other uh, left-back option beside uh, Alexandro, who is currently playing in Sevilla, come off a, a pretty poor um, campaign with Man United um, last season or the season before. I can't really remember. But yeah, um, they don't have a, a full-back currently in, the, in their senior squad, younger than 29, which might be okay now, but it could be worrying over the next few years if they can't seem to develop any. Because they're going to be in, in some real trouble if they're they're coming into the twenty twenty six World Cup with a their youngest fullback being thirty four, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they develop. And you know, there's going to be a lot of teams that are, that's that's where they're going to be targeting Brazil. It's going to be those those fullbacks and how how they can exploit them, especially on that right hand side with Danilo and Alves. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting. I think I think the, those centre backs are going to have a lot more work cut out for them than they first would have expected coming into this World Cup. Yeah, I, I think you've absolutely nailed it on that side. Um, obviously, looking midfield and attack, they, they look you know relatively strong anyway. Um, defensive wise, or defensive midfield wise, they've got you know Casemiro, they've got Fabinho, they've got Fred who can sort of play that, and obviously box to box as well. They've got Gamares who can do the same. Um, even even going forward, you know, we've already mentioned Neymar, Vinicius Junior, but you know they've also got people like Rafinha, Richarlison, uh, Rodrigo, who's been 
slowly getting better and better. Martinelli, who's come out this season absolutely firing. Uh, Gabby Jesus, who's who, again has been firing. Um, realistically, what what do you do you see from this squad this season? Do you think it goes? Does it get final? Do you think it goes? You know, potentially quarters. What what's your thoughts on it? I think a lot of people have been nailing down Brazil as one of the favourites to win, and like you sort of can't agree that there would be. But looking like in depth into the squad, you're sort of like, hmm, like is is that it? Is that all Brazil have to offer for for their their full twenty six man squad? Like, you look at their attackers. They've got Bruchardus and and Gabi Jesus, and they've they've left Roberto Firmino at home, who's currently scored more than than both of them combined in the Premier League this season, and that's that's interesting. It's an interesting choice, but that's like some sides you can understand it, and the others like hmm. But yeah, like you expect them to to minimum reach the semi-finals, but you sort of say that every tournament, 2018, 2014, you're like they're baked up as the favourites from the very start in the field to deliver in both of them, and it's sort of like a similar story this time around that they're that they're the favourites coming into. It. But I, I'm I'm not really buying it. I, I've I've actually said myself a few times that I think they're the favourites, but now looking fully into the squad and looking at how. Some of the other favourites have performed in the first in the opening games of the the World Cup. It's going to be interesting. I, I I don't know. It's it's a really really tough one to call. And I suppose we'll have a better angle and a better view um, by the end of game week game week three. Whenever we see who who's going through, who's not, and who's sort of been the best so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh... Everybody seems to be falling at some point for silly reasons. So I think um, it's going to be difficult to tell who will go up and who will go up quickly. But um, do you think that they need to send a statement in their first game? Absolutely, they do. Um, if, if they don't set out a statement in their first game, then it's going to be difficult after, like, to move on from that. They, they really need to win their first game and fairly comfortably at that if they want to make a statement that they are one of the favourites and they are the most likely to win the whole thing. Yeah. Um, okay, I think we move on. We move on to the next team. Um, let's go for Cameroon. Why not? I like Cameroon. Well, I kind of do and I kind of don't, but I'll explain that in a minute. So, um, Cameroon, obviously they're another one of the African teams who in, in times past have been let's be honest a very very good representative for Africa um, you think a particular sort of 2006 I want to say it was where they got, I think it was the quarters in oh, there, was, there was one of the tournaments where they, they went really far, um, but they've always been good representatives for um, for African football um, managing to get to the, the, the finals by beating Arguably, you know, one of the, the, the top African teams in, in Algeria, um, in controversial style, I'll, I'll, I'll call it what it is, um, winning in the 124th minute to get to the, the tournament. Um, and I think looking at the squad, it looks like, again, you know, it, it, it can cause problems. They've got a few players in there that can cause problems, but do you worry that the, the, there's maybe just not enough there? Jack to, to potentially go too far? 
Um, yeah, I think looking at their squad, you could put them in any other group, maybe other than H and the the one with Spain and Germany, and they probably get through in second fairly comfortably. Mm-hmm. But in a group like this with Brazil, Switzerland, and Serbia, I I unfortunately don't see them finishing anywhere else other than fourth. I think they've got a very solid team, but I think the quality of the other teams have a is just that much greater than them that it's going to be too hard to do anything else other than finish fourth or, or maybe scrape a result against one of them and get third but I don't see them getting out of the group yeah um, I'm kind of in agreement with you on that side of the thing I don't see them get the group whether they, they, they finish bottom I, I, I don't think so I think they can go hmm. I think they can potentially finish third um, in terms of getting results I think they're, they're good enough to do that but I don't see them getting yeah through as um second place definitely not as first place in my opinion because I, 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 they're not good yeah. to do that let's be honest um I'm just looking through all the players there yeah I, I mean you, you look at some of the they've got some top players in the fact you know Anana's playing for um Inter Milan They've got Simon, the goalkeeper that plays for Marseille. I'm not attempting that surname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a chance. Uh, Oliver, yeah, the uh, cham that, that used to play for Celtic. He's a he's a he's a steady midfielder. Uh, Brian and Buemo was the Premier League at um, Brentford. Uh, Toko Akambi, that's at Leon, who's been banging golden for them in the last sort of eighteen months or so. Um, and then even a man who Angisa. Do you know what? I wasn't going to say Angisa yet, but yeah, Angisa is another good name as well. But the one that I was going to say is is a man who somehow keeps falling yeah. to big team <laughs> after big team, and he's not that good. In 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 Maxime Chopomotung, he, he's a Bayern Munich. He's won titles there, and that's after he played at PSG, wasn't it? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he must be something special at certain times, but um. Yeah, he hasn't been awful though. Like, no, he, he's uh, not been like, awful, but like six goals, I, th- I believe, and I want to say t- like nine or ten games this season in the Bundesliga, which is a solid return. But I, uh, I think he's got his agent to thank for for some of those moves. I think Chupamuting's agent might be the, the greatest of all time <laughs> to, to to get him a PSG and then a, a Bayern Munich move after being below average at Stoke City. I like that's pretty that's pretty phenomenal to be honest. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> oh, I, I find it mad. Um, yeah, the the fact that he was he went from Stoke to those level of clubs. Um, but you know what? It happens. Fair play to the lad. Uh, he's doing well. But um, yeah, I I do worry for that squad. Um, so you're thinking bottom of the group. I'm I'm going to say they'll 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 potentially finish third. Um, I I think there is a weaker team in there. Um, but again. Yeah, it, it, I don't think there's necessarily a bad prediction for this group. Um, in the fact because it is, it is one of those groups that, as you say, you know, you put them in another group, they could potentially go through uh second place. So yeah, um, yeah, I think it's too tough to just be able to say, oh, you're you're talking nonsense or whatever, because because you're not on this one. But um, we'll move on to the next team, and we will talk about um Serbia. I think next will be a good one. Um, I'm going to let you start. What What's your thoughts on the Serbia squad? I'm actually looking forward to see how uh, Serbia go into this one. I think they've got a 
a very good team going into this World Cup. A lot of players that are in very good form. A lot of players not so, but like coming into this, it's, it's you're playing for your country, so players on bad form can easily turn that around in the, the click of their fingers. Uh, it's all about confidence and how confident they are with their, their national team is a completely different story to how they're doing at club level. Uh, you've got a lot like players in there, such as um, Philip Kostic and, and Vlahovic are playing for Juventus, haven't been great this season for club, but going into this tournament, uh, you never know if they can turn that around. Like It's it's very it's very interesting to look at on that. But yeah, it's going to... I'm waffling a bit now, but I'm just... <laughs> I don't. It's really hard to talk about Serbia because I think they're a very good team. And yeah, I, think, I, I agree. And I think you you, you I, mentioned obviously um, Vlahovic and uh, Kostic for Juve. I think. Yeah. You look through that squad. I think there is a lot of talent. I think they they again. You talk about sort of European, like squads. Yeah. I think they might be one of the best non-big team squads in my opinion. I'm, I'm looking. Um, Obviously, you said Vlahovic, um, Jovic. Mitrovic, of course. Mitrovic is, is the big one at the moment. Mitrovic is absolutely, yeah. you know, he, he, I think he had one game where he had like 11 shots and, and didn't score for Fulham. But like, he has scored a lot of goals in Premier League this season. Um, and even if you look mm-hmm. in the midfield, you know, you've got Milinkovic Savic, who's just world yeah. class. Like, he could go to pretty much any team in the world at the moment and, and fit into the midfield of, of them including you know your big guns like City and PSG and that he, he is such a good player um, and then you know towards the back um, yeah there, there's like uh, there, again another Mitrovic Stefan Mitrovic who's been playing really well for Getafe uh, I can never say this guy's name but he's a centre uh, centre defender for um, Werder Bremen I think it's Vil- Vilchkovic, I think. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that does sound right. Yeah. Um, call him Milos, if that's Yeah, easier. we'll call him Milos. That's easier, yeah. Um, but you know what? We forgot about another player in midfield as well, Dusan Tadic. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's top top playmaker for Ajax as well. So um, I'm intrigued to see how this, this squad comes out. But I think if they, they play with aggression and they play with that little bit of strength, because we've seen it against... Um, Argentina, obviously, uh, the South American side of things, you know, they came up against a team who were very physical and not afraid to sort of throw their bodies on the line. Um, and I think mm-hmm. if Serbia potentially do that against you know Brazil, it could cause problems. They could come out with a, a win there. So um, something to just keep an eye on on that side of things, I think. Yeah, I think it's fair to say they're not lacking on the, the physicality side of things, <laughs> especially with big Metro up front. I think he's going to be given every defence he plays against a lot of problems. Yeah, I, I do wonder how um, you know Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, uh, Eder Militao work against someone like Mitrovic. I think if I'm if I'm the Brazilian coach, I probably play Thiago Silva because of the fact that you know, yeah. Premier League against Premier League. But you know, who knows in this world? So, um, what what do you think about this team? Do you think they get out of the group? Do you think they uh, they they finish third in the group? I'm I'm gonna make a claim now, and I I think a lot of people will sort of agree. There's a there's a really well agree and disagree. It's a it's a real marmite claim, and I think I think Serbia are probably one of the dark horses in in this World Cup. Maybe not to win it, 
but be one of those sides where like they make it to the quarterfinals and like you look back in like six or seven years it's like oh remember that Serbia side in twenty twenty two that made it to the quarters. Like it's one of those teams where like you look back you look back in like in a few years you're like wow there were some team how they managed to get as far as they did and yeah. I, I think Serbia will be that team this this tournament. It wouldn't surprise me if that did happen. It's one of those, uh, you know, as you say, it's uh, again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad prediction, but I think, yeah, that, that team, there's enough on paper for them to go out and really cause some problems to big teams. And I think that yeah. they're, they're on the rise because they had a really bad sort of Euros, um, what was it? Yeah, 12 months ago, uh, roughly. They didn't play well in the Euros. They, 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 they were in the group with Scotland and um, Croatia and, and England, mm-hmm. and they just they weren't they weren't that good in that group. Um, but since then, I think they've, they've really rebuilt themselves, and I think they've come out a lot stronger. So um, yeah, I, I I like that shout. I I think people will be sitting there going, "What are you talking about?" But hey, you know it's the World Cup. Um, Anything can yeah. happen in the World Cup, can't it? I think, I think just one more thing I want to mention on Serbia is look out for that Switzerland game because that's going to be a fucking bloodbath. Excuse my language. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you, if you look back to four years ago at the, the, the World Cup in, in Russia, that was a very physical game and it was a very controversial game as well as a lot of those uh, Swiss players happened to be um, uh, Albanian. And you know, you know um, I don't really need to go into Albania's rivalry with Serbia. Yeah, um, if you don't know, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um just just I will I will add one last thing to uh to the the whole conversation about uh Serbia as well is is the fact that since oh what god yeah they've basically been on a massive run of of decent results in the last sort of few weeks um or sorry few months it, easy win against Bahrain, which you expect, but they, they beat Norway, uh, they beat Sweden, they've beaten um, yeah, Hungary, they've beaten Portugal, all in recent terms as well, so um, yeah, I, I would be quietly just keeping an eye on this team, but that, that's our that's our tip for just now, but let's move on to team number four, you've already mentioned them a couple of times, so the Swiss, um, I mean, one of the hardest teams to predict in in the World Cup, every single time, because every single time yeah. I go like go to look at the World Cup and and look at you know even the Euros as well, you sort of look at that team and you go, they're not making out of that group, and then suddenly they're in the quarterfinals and you're like, how have they done mm-hmm. that again? Do you think that, that that run of them doing that is potentially coming to an end this time round? Well, I sort of have to back my claim. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say yes, but. I'm only really saying that because of, I've already made the claim of Serbia, but that that Serbia claim could very easily come back and be like the the, the Turkey of the Euro 2020 Euros, where everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, they're going to be going to be the dark horses. They're going to get far, and they get absolutely shot on." So that could easily come back to bite me. But and, and if it does, it's going to be probably be the Swiss that that end up being that team to go through. Because don't get me wrong, they have a very solid team, um, all all, all over the pitch, um. Maybe other than the centre forward, but even so, like they've got a couple of good players there that can always step up once it gets to the, the big the stage. Harris Severovic is still there, isn't he? Uh, Severovic, yes. Yeah. And uh, they've got um, Brilliant Bolo as well, who 
despite only being 25 feels like he's been around for like 10 years <laughs> yeah every time he's sort of just one of those names that you know but yeah uh, sorry continue sorry. Mm-hmm. ah yes um but yeah uh, the, but they're also seem like one of those teams where they're not really much changes from tournament to tournament like from 2018 i can spot quite a few players that are that are coming back but like They've got a, a nice, a nice mix of uh, of youth and experience. Like you've got Jan Sommer, who you'd imagine will be starting in goal. Um, Thirty three years of age now. He's another one who feels like he's been around forever. Uh, but he's going to be a good leader in that team, as as will um, Sheridan Shakiri and uh, Granite Xhaka, both entering their thirties now, will be in there to lead that team. Um, but uh, yeah, you got a, a lot of uh, younger players like Dennis Sakaria and. Uh, Manuel Akanji both in their their early mid twenties, they're both coming through and playing fairly well. Um, the Kari, I believe, is on loan at Juventus. I don't think he's featured that much, or he's on loan at Chelsea. Sorry, I don't think he's featured that much. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It's it's a, it's a interesting wee group to look at. Like not not probably the most star studded group, but it's going to be it's going to be close. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be ridiculous, this group, how close it could be. Um, you know, you mentioned sort of um, Ikanji, you mentioned um, Jan Sommer, who, by the way, if, if you don't know this, um, he has been absolutely fantastic for Borussia Mönchengladbach this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's genuinely... I don't think I could see him step up further than he has done, but he's just been getting better and better every year, and I think he could be one of those keepers that goes to at least 40 and still be a top-class goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that wouldn't surprise me. No. Uh, but you look at that back line as a whole, and I think they've got a very, very nice defensive line in the fact that they're going to have uh, Fabian Shard, the, the Newcastle defender, they're going to have Ricardo Rodriguez, they're going to have a Kanji in there as well. And I think, you know, I don't know who they would play on the right-hand side of that back four, but that that's a pretty solid three right there straight away. And then if you add yeah. guys like, you know, in the midfield of Granite Xhaka, potentially Dennis Zakaria if he does play. Um, you're looking also, um, uh, who's the boy that plays for Basel? Gibral So as well from uh, Frankfurt. Oh, I forgot about no, I Yes, again, you know, Gibral So is a good, good, solid player. Um, it feels like they've got, I think the, the way I would say is they've got a very good spine to their team, apart from that striker mm-hmm. position. I think that they've got you know, potentially a couple of players who could play in that slightly more attacking position. And by the way, I wouldn't rule out Granite Xhaka being potentially that more attacking midfielder because he's been scoring goals for Arsenal and actually playing in that sort of free role at the moment, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they move him a bit further up and give give him that freedom and then have like someone like Zakaria to sit back and be that sort of a spine ahead of the, the centre-backs. I, I would not be surprised at all. Um, like it's hard to deny that Jack has stepped up a lot this season with Arsenal. Um, currently sit top of the Premier League going into this uh, World Cup, so he's got. He'll have a lot of confidence coming into this tournament. And I'll be interested to see how he uses that. Yeah, I was just looking at it there. So in in the last like sort of three four seasons, he scored a goal each, and then before that, he scored sort of three or four goals a season. He's already scored four mm-hmm. goals, and we're not even at Christmas yet in the league. So yeah. So he's obviously changed his game a lot and and managed to win the fans back over, which is good. Um, but yeah, I I, I quietly look forward to his tournament more than anybody because I, I would like to see him have a good tournament again. But 
yeah, we can never quite tell with the Swiss squad. You know, it's, it's, they are they are one of those awkward teams that can go one of many ways. But um, I think I think it's going to be time to make some predictions for this one. And yeah, I, I'm I'm genuinely not sure of this. Um, right, let's start off with the first game of the group, which will be Switzerland versus Cameroon. Go on, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with 2-1 Switzerland. Okay. Um, I'm going to back you on that. I, I just I think Switzerland will allege it. I, I think it'll be a close affair though. Um, yeah, I, I think I can see Cameron scoring. I, I can't see them when I can see them <clears> scoring. <throat> um, okay, Brazil-Serbia. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm going to say before I I tell you what I've typed in. Okay. Um, This might be a controversial one, but I'm going uh, 2 2. Oh, two all draw between Brazil and Serbia. Interesting. I put 1 1. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So we both think it will be a draw. Okay. I will give you the 2 2 because I I can see it being 2 2. It's one of those games that um, I, I, I think that. It could easily go that way. Um, also, want to say four years ago, I believe they were on for a draw before a, a late minute winner for Brazil. Uh, I, I can remember. I can remember. I think it was like it was Firmino or Neymar got like a ninety fourth minute winner. Oh no, I do remember that. Yes, yes, actually, it was like two one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bad shout. So I, I'm gonna say yeah. Uh, I'll give you the 2-2 on that one I think yeah I can see both teams scoring a couple of goals especially you know Mitrovic being in form and you know Neymar I think there's one thing we forgot to mention about Neymar is I'm pretty sure he's only a handful of goals away from breaking uh, Pelly's record yeah so yeah so uh, uh, I'm sure he'll be on every single set piece then yeah because it's him and Giroud obviously trying to chase down Thierry Henry's record as well yeah Giroud actually um equaled it yeah. against Australia we'll he's one on, off on another podcast though yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, right okay so next one is going to be ooh Cameron Serbia mm-hmm. I'm going to go with 2-0 uh, Cam 2-0 uh, Serbia sorry yeah, um, I was going to say 2-1 Serbia, but I, I feel like it'll be a fairly similar game to the Switzerland one. But yeah, I, I'm happy with 2-0. Okay, I'll put that in then. Uh, yeah, I think, again, I, I can see a Serbia team scoring goals, which would be good. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's Brazil versus Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I think Brazil win this one. I think they bounce back from a draw in the first game, but I'm going to go. I'm going. Uh... Oh, go on, go on. No, no, go on first, please, oh, oh, please. Okay, okay, I will go first. Um, I'm going. Brazil are going to win this three <laughs> nil. Okay, okay. I I was going to say three 0 Not even exaggerating. Yeah. I'm genuinely not. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. they, they need to bounce back off a draw, and that's, that's the perfect way to do it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, which leads us to our last games, and I'm going to do this in in this order for a reason. So, Cameroon versus Brazil, first of all. Uh, um, I'm, I'll, I'll go first on this one, and I will say four yeah. one Brazil. Uh, yeah, four one Brazil. I was yeah. going for the exact same. Um, <laughs> I see, I see Brazil Cameroon, and all I can think about is the four 0 win from Brazil in the twenty fourteen group stage. And yeah, I'm thinking it'll be something similar, but I reckon Cameroon will nab a goal. Yeah, I, that's exactly what my mentality was. I thought, yeah, after the way that Cameroon got turned over by Brazil back then, I don't see. Yeah. You know what, the Brazil scene's maybe not as strong, but it's still good enough to do that to a team. So yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, right, this is the game that, yeah. Serbia versus Switzerland. You can have this one first. 1-0 Serbia. Uh, 91st minute winner from Mitrovic to put Ooh. them through. Okay. Okay. I, I'm i going to disagree with you. I think it's going to be 1-1. I think it'll be a, an mm. equaliser, late equaliser for Serbia. Oh yeah, and then because well, I, I, yeah, to knock them out. On I'm the... happy with either because I I know a, a draw is enough for Serbia to go through. Yeah, and in second, it so I'm I'm happy. I, I'm happy yeah, with a draw. I'll, I'll put that down then. Yeah, so one-one uh, on that one. Um, I I like I said, that's I gonna it's... be. Like I just want to point out if if our predictions are right going into that final game, that's gonna be some game. Yeah, because if Switzerland win, they're through. But Serbia only need a draw, and if it's like level going into the last few minutes, and like that could be, that could be a, a brilliant game to watch. Like ten men on the line, Serbia off. against like yeah. Switzerland throwing <laughs> yeah. seven strikers on the pitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. That if if it happens, that would be fantastic. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that that will put our group as um, Brazil top seven points, uh, Serbia second on five points, uh, Switzerland third on four points, and then Cameroon obviously bottom with no points. But um, yeah, all the teams scoring a couple of goals, which is good. Um, yeah. To be fair, you know what? Often, like you know, with these predictions, you always get the the people that just go crazy with them, and they go, "Oh, you know, you're always going to have you know nine six three zero nine six three zero. We're we're doing quite well on that side of things. That we're actually got." you know draws and and different results in there but um yeah yeah I, i'm liking the look of this this so far um that would make it interesting on that side of the thing so that would put brazil against the runner-up of group h and serbia against the winner of group h um which i think that yeah we've done we've done group g we're happy with the results um but for now from jack and from myself um we are going to end the this podcast here but if you haven't listened to ones in the past go back and listen to them and uh next up will be group h so thank you very much for listening